Sweat and grime. It's Brian. It's Rick. We got Matt motherfucking Totten in the house. And tonight we have got Taylor White of Ken White Construction. Taylor, how's it going up in the Great White North? It's going good up here, guys. The igloo is warm tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And more insulation on the way. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm not ready. It's not going to be fun. We're just all fucking dreading tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. It's just a countdown to sitting in a fucking skid steer cab for the next 16 hours. Two days straight. Love it. (laughs) Uh, That's the best part, man. That's the best part. (laughs) I, You know, I put in my time. I feel like early on in my career, I put in my time doing snow removal. And I thought, I thought I had finally achieved this, this like, I, this pinnacle of my career to where I, I wasn't to top. Yeah. I don't, I'm not the guy doing fucking snow removal anymore. And then Rick calls me this morning. He's like, Hey, Hey, you want to make 60 bucks an hour? That just, that just shows, that just shows you when somebody's just a little bit better than you are and yeah. they call. So you didn't make it to the fucking top. <laughs> so, and then, and then he gets me one step further. He texts me tonight at dinner and he's like, start time's 5 a.m. And I was like, God damn it. He's paying me 125 bucks yeah. just to add salt to his salter. Yeah, there it's you fucking go. fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I need to come down there. I mean, $60 an hour, that's like $120 Canadian up here. That's right? true. How many how many mooses does that buy you up there? <laughs> oh, they buy a lot of moose for sure. For sure. A lot of moose. How about? So, so tell us, uh, for those who are not familiar, which I feel like with our crowd that we kind of run with with this podcast, most people know of you. But for those who don't, give us a little history on who you are and what you do, because you're kind of a unique breed in our industry. Well, if you don't know who I am, then, uh, fuck you. (laughs) Um, no. Um, so I'm a third generation business owner and, um, my dad handed me over the keys and said, I love you, son. And I'm going to give you everything I worked hard for. Yeah. Just like that. He just handed it to you, right? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm a yeah, third generation business owner in the nation's capital, Ottawa. Um, and, uh, I really had nothing to do with the business until I was, a, well, I mean, I worked in the business my entire life, but I worked in a bunch of other places. I didn't get serious into business and to actually taking on the opportunity of the family business till about like four years ago. And, um, my kind of take on it has been social media. So I started doing Instagram and YouTube and gaining a following on there. And that pretty much has gotten me to, you know, why I even have a spot on your podcast. Yeah. And, and tell us a little bit of the results because we, you know, we kind of started down the road before we started recording, but like the social media thing has really blown up for you guys. And it's been really successful in ways that you guys didn't even anticipate. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like just this year it's gaining more uh, notoriety um, in the sense where like, you know, and I was kind of mentioning this before, I didn't really know that that's what I was doing until people started mentioning it to me. And I started getting resumes sent to me. I, I, I kind of was just, I was doing Instagram and YouTube because a, I actually thoroughly just enjoy 
making fucking content and putting it out there. Like I actually love what I fucking do. I have a strong passion for it. Yeah. The music. I dig the music that you got. <laughs> yeah, I man. Those soundtracks just for my freaking daily work in people's bathrooms. I'll there you go, Taylor. Start releasing a little, yeah. you know, Taylor White soundtrack pack every every month or two. Just a subscription. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and a little a little secret that I don't think I've ever told anybody ever. The first like seventy percent of my videos on on YouTube ever, I was stoned as fuck when I was making them. <laughs> so this is going to be so like good. The music is so <laughs> chill. <laughs> Oh yeah, you guys got the good shit up there. That's right. Is that from BC or is it homegrown over there? Homegrown. It's legal to grow and smoke here. So yeah, yeah. We we just joined the ranks here in Michigan. Yep. In fact, I was gonna grow weed until they changed the law to where now you got to have a fucking class A, B, or C growers license in order to to sell to the recreational market. Oh, sell. Yeah. 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 I still. I I still grow. Trouble. I I still grow. Any of those licenses. It is, it's a good time. So, but yeah, tell us more about yeah. running your construction company. <laughs> it's a front. It's yeah, a front. Fuck, they have all these toys, but they really have a giant warehouse of plants in the back. So, dr- right. so drug testing is just right out of the fucking question here. So, so what you're saying, Taylor, yeah. is that the topsoil business is just a cover for the giant weed business you're actually running out of the shed out back? Put his plants in something. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Like fucking crop farming. A lot of the old- I've been watching Ozark a lot lately on Dude. how to clean money, and that's mainly what I've been learning how to do. Yes. We were just talking about um, that show. Yeah. No, but but seriously, um, it, it, the, the, the YouTube and Instagram, yeah, it, it kind of started taking off um, when I started doing it because I had that passion for it. And I saw that people were watching and engaging, and then local people would kind of either be like, you're fucking weird. Or they'd be like, wow, that's really cool what you're doing. Um, and then the following kept growing and then people started reaching out and being like, Hey man, like, I didn't know you're from Ottawa. I'd love to come work for you. I currently work for so-and-so it looks really cool where you are. And I'm like, that's whenever it started cluing in at first. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm doing this and I really enjoy doing it, but I'm actually showing the culture of my business and I'm showing what we're doing and how we work. And then that snowballed into more and more people evolving and seeing that and seeing how it was and then being like, you know what? Yeah. I want to work for this company. Like this looks really fucking cool. And then it worked from there as far as how we grew um, was branching out and reaching out to different networks of like young guys who were superintendents or project or PMs with these larger companies that were like, Hey dude, I work for, you know, a, a or a company or B company. And, uh, we do this type of work. Do you think you could get us some excavation? Um, or, Hey, I own a house and I'm building a house in one town over. Do you think you can come give me a price? And it kind of snowballed from there. That's amazing. And you guys are growing by leaps and bounds. Like it's, it's actually been really awesome to kind of, that's the cool thing about YouTube is you get to watch people's businesses take off like from a third person view. And I've been following you guys for fuck. I don't know, two and a half years now. I think is kind of when yeah. I pushed my channel and found you. I'm going on and like 18 hours. Like you guys have cranked through the roof since I started following you. You've been you've invested in equipment. You've been through multiple screening plants. You got what? Uh, you got the new hoe, new skid. What else? You guys have been just cranking. Yeah, man. We, does your we, wife know? Or your future wife know about this new hoe? <laughs> <laughs> it's the next gen, buddy. It's the next gen. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a next gen. It's a great control. It's good. It drives itself. So, <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's been crazy. The growth, to be honest with you. And, and you know what, even when you say stuff like that, it kind of, in my head, how I listen to you, when you say that is I think back on like the first ever video ever made when like I was in the machinery, still running machinery yeah. just with the GoPro on the cab. And now I'm in this different role where I'm currently sitting in a house that is, you know, uh, something I never could have dreamed of. And uh, our business is doing numbers that I could have never dreamed of. And I'm yeah. not saying that to sound like a dick. I'm saying that because yeah. I'm genuinely it is what it is. thinking that like yeah. right now. Now, yeah. how much larger have you grown from like your, the past generations? Like, are you just toppling over those six to seven figures wow. yeah yeah we've yeah and 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 don't like listen i yeah. i've never uh, the only thing i ever started from scratch was social media i didn't i didn't start um Kenway construction from scratch my grandfather the started foundation was 52 already built. years ago exactly and and that's what i want to stress on is that i'm not one of these fucking guys that's going to sit here and be like yeah. Wow. Holy shit. That was impressive. All what I did, like right. not the fucking case, man. There's so much blood, sweat and, and, and equity and, and, Fuck and yeah. stuff like the stuff when I grew up, the stuff that my dad, the stress that he had, the stuff that I personally can't even talk about that. saw I saw him do as far as, 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 you know, taking money from his own self and transferring into the own bank account and stressing over making payroll and just, insane what he did yeah. i acted on an opportunity of a business that was already there and i'm not taking credit for anything before then so let's go get, you know we've kind of darted all over the place in this conversation let's kind of go back to how you you said you weren't really super involved in the business up until four ish five years ago you said yeah um so when i was younger um like obviously you know there's I always wanted to do what my dad did. It sure. was just kind of one of those things where like, my, my dad and me, our thing when we were younger was it wasn't like going hunting or going fishing together. My thing was popping in with dad with the truck and doing work on Saturday. Yeah. That's yeah. the type of guy my dad is. Um, and, and, and in doing that, I learned business just like I remember listening to conversations with him about trying to get paid from contractors when I was like eight years old, like, that's the type of memories that I have is business with him. And, and then growing up, my dad, he's old school. Um, he was like, go work for other people. I don't want you to work for me. So I yeah, went away. Good. I worked for, for different contractors, different people. Um, I changed oils uh, all through high school um, at uh, Chev dealerships. And I was the tire bitch during oil seasons. <laughs> um, and then I went out West. I worked in Alberta. I worked in the pipeline. Um, so I did all that, but I wasn't really, didn't really have my head screwed on. Right. I, you know, I was a, a wild card, completely different than I am now. Um, you know, big partier loved, you know, doing drugs and drinking, uh, you know, my, my parents would freak out because I'd be gone from, you know, Wednesday to Sunday night. They'd never hear from me or see me. <laughs> I was still quite alive. the unit, you know, <laughs> you done messed up, A.A. Hey, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you were making yeah, the money to support wild. that lifestyle, so it's a while. No, I wasn't. That no, I wasn't. Actually, no. I was fucked. At least you're saying I, the way I it remember, is. Yeah, man. I remember uh, when I worked at it was called it was Myers Myers Hyundai, and I was a porter. I don't know how I got this job or how it was even legal. <laughs> they would come in. 
and and uh, for service and i would wash their vehicles and then eventually they're like hey like you should just shuttle people around in our van and i'd be like all right cool so i would be driving around like these you know, old ladies on saturday yeah dude it was a shuttle service and then i started running a shuttle service at this place and i was like this is the fucking coolest thing ever i'd be like hey you guys want to tim hortons before i drive you home they'd be like tim sure. hortons <laughs> Fucking Tammy's bud. Uh, so uh, the, where I was going with this was I remember like every two weeks I was bringing home like $340. And by like Sunday, I would have that like gone um, because, my, you know, contrary to belief, I didn't get money, you know, like, oh, here's some money, Taylor. And here's some this. Like I was paying for gas with nickels and dimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, when you yeah, decided, man. how did you kind of get into, when did you kind of make the flip over to saying, Hey dad, I really want to get involved in the business. Was that a, did you prompt that conversation? Did your dad, how did that go down? My dad didn't want me to have anything to do with the business because of who I was, you know, and I'm not, I wasn't a drug addict, but I'm, I'm saying I, lo- I loved tardying and I wasn't yeah, right. serious. I you're, wasn't mature, irresponsible, you know, yeah. he saw irresponsible the company just straight to the ground. Yeah. If you took over at that time, of your life. <laughs> You just you, you, you had young man 100%. syndrome yeah. is what you're saying. You had young man yeah. syndrome. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I had it early on, you know, really early on. Um, and so he was not wanting me to to get into the business. So I think I was uh, 20, so it's like so I was 29. I was 18 years old, and Dad goes, "All right, well, if you want to come into the business, like you're going on the end of a shovel." And, you know, you're starting from the ground up. Fuck yeah. And that's when I started going, getting in there. I started working with the crew of guys. We had a t- at the time we had three employees and I was one of those three. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that I was pissing away my life. Um, and I wanted, uh, cause I went to college. I dropped out after a year and a half. I failed every single course. I would go to class. I'd sit there and stare at the teacher or the girls and then I'd fuck off. And it was like the biggest waste of time ever. So I realized I was pissing away my life. And what were you going um, to college so for? I realized I needed to change. What was your degree in? Go ahead. Or what were well, you trying like to do? <laughs> yeah. what, what were you going to college business for? Management. Right. Hey, I made management. it through that program. It took me six years for a four-year degree, but I, I made it through it, and I can tell you, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, listen, there's people that benefit from college, and that's a whole other conversation, but I wasn't someone who was going to sit there and learn from, uh, you know, someone lecturing on me on how to cover my finances or, or anything. Yeah. I always related to, I, I have a tattoo on my arm that says work harder and people always go, well, you should work smarter, not harder. And I'm like, yeah, but when you're not fucking smart, the only thing you can do is work harder, not smarter. That's, so that's, that's, that's pretty thing. solid. It's that's like, pretty solid. Yeah. Hard work never goes unnoticed. So that's, again, I was noticing, I was pissing away my life. I said, you know what? If I, I've, in life, I've, if I've wanted something, I've always been able to like scab a way of like finding a way to make this happen yep. by like working hard towards a goal. So I just talked to dad and I said, listen, I want to become more serious in the business over the course of two or three years. He kind of saw that that's the course that I was taking. I straightened up. I bought my first home. Um, that was super difficult to get into. Um, and then from there, I started doing social media and he didn't know what the fuck I was doing I was with social say, media, yeah. but it paid what off. Were their mindsets when you said, dad, we're going to do YouTube. Yeah. And what was your dad's us. mindset? Getting serious. Daddy's running around doing B-rolls and shit with yeah. cameras. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dude, I think he thought I was fucking. Oh, I can't say that. I think he thought I was fucking weird shit, dude. <laughs> I, I've slept like, up and he said didn't it like think three times. that I was his. I was. He didn't think that I was his son. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. like, "You're gonna put your. You're gonna put yourself on the internet. Like you're gonna dance around with a with a camera in your hand. We we, we work in construction, son. He's got you know? the GoPro on the so shovel, looking for weird. worms. <laughs> So, yeah, dude, it was fucking weird. Like, so you're basically really like Ben Stiller in Zoolander. You had your little pickaxe and, and your little <laughs> wife beater on. and <laughs> Yeah, with that fucking face. Oh, yeah, fucking right. So what steps, now that we're going down this path, what steps did you take to start separating yourself from who you were to kind of create a new identity and take the steps to show your dad and become where you're at Good today? Question. Good question. Um, I stopped hanging out with sh- with shitty people. Dude, that's it. That's honestly so many people yeah. don't realize that's it. You it's just got advice ever. You got to cut the shitty people loose. So you actually mean if you hang out with shit crowd, you're going to be in the shit crowd. Yep. And if you actually get up playing at fifty thousand feet, you're on your way to fifty thousand feet. Yeah. Yep. I I stopped hanging around fucking shitty ass fucking people who wanted to do nothing but get drunk every weekend and fuck around and make fun of the fact that I wanted to be in the family business and, and always naysay just negative fucking people, dude. And I was like, screw this. And I had, I I still to this day have like one friend. Well, that's all right. You got three more here now. I was about to say, yeah, throw us on that list. We'll we'll be your friend, Taylor. (laughs) Now, now, how long were you out in the trenches and taking the steps to actually learn? You've been in the field uh, for quite a while, but working for your dad, what steps did you actually take from labor and getting into operating to where you're at now? Well, I mean, listen, like when I was uh, 12 years old, I, I actually started writing a book one time because uh, I was talking to somebody who's, you know, helping me process my thoughts because they go so fast in my brain. Like, well, you should write down, you know, kind of like your life and, and how it is. And there was one story I remember, like when I was 12 and, you know, my dad was supposed to pick me up from school and I was supposed to be at school and my mom found out I was never at school. And in reality, I was shoveling clear stone in trenches, building a <laughs> soccer field on a 40 degree day. Um, so like I, I worked uh, in the business like my entire life. Like I just didn't start like full time. This is my career until I was 18. Um, and then I started on the end of a shovel. We do septic systems. I started learning machinery. And then I learned that once I started doing social media, cause I was still running machinery when I was started doing social media and I was still doing hands-on site guy stuff. Um, and then from there, the work started coming in more and, and our business was kind of picking up because of it. And that's when I realized, okay, my value isn't, you know, holding the end of a shovel right now. Correct. My value is growing the business and doubling down on the social media stuff. So when did your dad kind of flip his tune on the social media stuff? How long did it take for him to kind of see the value in what you're doing? Not until local people that live around here would be like, Hey, I saw your son's stuff. Like that's incredible. Or we would get a septic and it would be a $50,000 septic and he'd go, shit, Tay, the clients just told me, I went there and met them. They just told me that they watched your videos and that's how they knew about us. That's badass. That is when ever 
that's whenever I could, I could show him analytics for days of that. Like, look at all these people that do it, but not until real in-person people turning into actual dollar signs or he knew personally that, that he was sense. like, Oh, okay. I get it. And how long have you actually been at the whole Instagram and YouTube? Like but not the years. videos, three, three years. years. And you've seen yeah. that massive yeah. turnaround for your guys' company. Wow. Now how's yeah, that man, now how's that led insane. to how's that led to finding like the labor shortage? Like here in Michigan it's a dry well. How's that work for you guys? It's awesome. I mean, let's I have I just hired a new truck driver yesterday. His name's Paul. He's awesome. He's great. He's met us on social media. Every single person that I'm hiring in the last two years is from social media. Um, it's wild. I mean, I, I could go through right now my emails. I mean, there's okay. So resume folder, this is live right now. Resume folders. We're going to today. So I have an operator. I have a laborer. I have an office admin and then I have another operator. And that's just so from today. Four. Okay. That's just today. No shit. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's now like, okay. Out of those four, how how many are real winners? I'll yeah. put them into a, right. into a sub sure. folder and I'll look because I get guys who are like, "Hey, dude, I love watching your shit, bro." Yeah, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I appreciate it. I truly do. But I'm good. Video one day, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do you have any? Do you have siblings? Uh, I have. I have an older sister. Is she involved in the business at all? Yep. She is an executive assistant to like my father and myself. She has a very important role in the company. Um, she had a really tough year this year. Um, she, um, she lost her husband, oh, my brother-in-law when she, was nine months, when she was nine months pregnant. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember seeing, I think you did a post on that, didn't you? Yeah, I did, man. It was really hard for all of us and especially for her. Yeah. Um, so she is away right now from the business, just taking time. And, and you know what? Uh, she's, she's super strong. She's the strongest woman I've ever met. And, and she's, she's doing as good as she can be with the cars she dealt. I have a beautiful godson now. His name's Brody. I love him to death. And someday, if he wants it, the company will be there for him as well, as much as my daughter, Kara. So, yeah, yeah wow. my sister is a big part of the business. Wow. And so how old are you and your sister? So I'm 26. My sister's 28. And, and where I'm ultimately going, I'm not just asking so that we can have your ages, uh, where I'm ultimately going is you guys are clearly coming as a younger generation using social media. Your dad is a perfect example of the older generation that look at us and go, what the fuck are you doing over there with that camera? Um, how how have the dynamics been as you've kind of taken more of a role in the company as your sister's taken more of, of a role in the company? How have the dynamics played out between you guys as the younger generation with your dad as kind of the older generation? Um, it, it's been hard sometimes. There's been a real disconnect because sometimes the dad's old ways will kind of get in the way of ideas that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, like let's say painting all of our machinery black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, was pretty that was a big thing. Um, that, you know, is a huge thing for us. But again, it was one of those things where generally if he thinks a cr idea is stupid or crazy of mine, 
he, he then goes, okay, and then I end up doing it anyways because <laughs> I got to fucking do it. Fuck yeah. you, Dad. And then he starts getting messages. Yeah, fuck you, Doug. And then people start, you know, uh, messaging him being like, hey, I saw your truck on the road today. They're like, oh, my God, dude, your, your excavator we saw today. Like, that's incredible. And he goes, fuck, hey, you know, painting the machine's black. That's the best thing we ever fucking did. It turns heads. <laughs> turns heads, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, so the dynamic is is there. It, it is difficult sometimes, but, you know, my dad is a, one of the, well, if not the best businessman. I've learned everything that I know from my father. I mean, he, he taught me everything that I fucking know about business. And he's a smart businessman, so that's why, ultimately, at the end of the day, he does kind of, he sits back when I have these crazy ideas and he lets me do it because he knows the return of investment on me doing that is, is it's going to work out for the, for the company. And I have the company's interests in, you know, my mind. Well, and I was going to ask now that you've kind of got a couple wins under your belt, is, is the dynamic kind of shifting to where he'll still give you the, the cocked eyebrow, but at least he's a little more on board with letting you try as opposed to just going, no, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Like the last time was probably, uh, I hired a videographer a month ago. It's the first time that I'm getting help doing what I'm doing because things are, you know, ramping up on my end with work and what, you know, my role and as the business grows, things are getting crazier. And I'm like, you know what, if I had somebody that could actually just film everything, I can still edit and do my drones because that's the two things I love doing. But if I had somebody just capturing all these moments all the time, I could be more productive and I could actually show more of the business. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time where he kind of looked at me and he's just like, we're going to fucking pay somebody on payroll, Taylor, to hold a camera. And I'm like, <laughs> I know it's going to work out. Did you give him the first to be that Let's person? pays off for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, hey, dad, I'll pay you $15 an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll bring you some Tim Hortons every morning. That's right. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it was uh, it was difficult uh, for him sometimes for some stuff, but he understands that my best interests are the business and like I said, he he's right there doing it with me, you know. And one thing in the in the build with uh, or Aaron Witt dirt talk podcast that we did um one of the things that after listening back, you know, I kind of feel like maybe I downplayed my father's role in the business, you know, and sometimes I feel like I ask myself, like, why did I, why did, why do I sound like that when I'm talking, you know, and I want everyone to understand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, my dad's a fucking piece of shit, but I love him. (laughs) No, my dad, um, my dad is super important in the business and his role is still, you know, he's there five days a week still, you know, he might not be in the office first thing in the morning. Um, and ultimately the goal is to him to have more free time, which he does now, but you know, I don't want to downplay his role and and what he does do for the business as well. You know, he's, he's right there by my side doing it. And I remember whenever, um, we were gearing up to buy some, some machinery, like the biggest purchase three years ago, we bought a skid steer and a backhoe. And it was like, holy shit, Tay, like, this is my fucking, I'm doing this for you. Okay. This is, and this is my last time that, that I'm like, I'm putting my name on this. Um, and you know what? He said that. And since that day, he's been there with me signing every fucking piece of equipment that we've bought since then. That's awesome. Very cool. Mm. So how is the shift uh, going in the business? Is this something where your dad is very much still at the helm of the ship or have you guys kind of started the transition of you, uh, moving into that role. 
Yeah. So we started the transition a hundred percent. Like I said, my dad used to be, you know, out of the house. He, my dad used to do what, what I'm doing now, you know, up at five 30, you're leaving the house by six. I'm at work at 10 after six. Cause I live stupidly close to where I work. Um, and you know, he was like that his whole life. And now he's kind of, okay, it's nine 30. Dad's coming to the office. Um, you know, he's going to take off on Friday and go up to his cabin and relax or in the summer times he might go golfing, but he's still, when he's at work, he's doing stuff that if he wasn't doing it, it would, the business would completely fall apart. You know, he still has roles that are super important, but we're taking the steps. I have somebody, uh, Brad Foster. He is my, he'll, he'll be my CEO and I'll be president always. And, you know, maybe even down the road, you know, he'll have some equity in the business as well. He's my cousin. So and, you guys and have family, and somebody I to fill him. your dad's seat when that day happens. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's Brad, um, because I'm not that guy. And I recognize that. I'm that's not the CEO. Brad now is taking over the invoicing, um, you know, keeping up with the clock shark, making sure the guy's clocks in times are good, checking out our AP um, doing that sort of end of it that dad has been doing for so long and taking that over like the banking kind of CFO roles. And that's what he's doing now. So as you've started tra- to transition more into the running the business side, how, I mean, other than the fact of hiring a videographer, how has that kind of impacted you on the social media side? Um, um, it's, Good. I mean, I feel like as of, ah, you know what? It's actually never been better to be honest with you. Like we're growing quicker than I ever have right now. Like we went through kind of a quiet spell, I guess, whenever I was trying to like figure out what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. But since I got the videographer and kind of understood my role, um, it's actually been growing like crazy. I mean, I stayed at like 60,000 subscribers forever on YouTube yeah. and just in the last month, like now we're at 67 and soon we're going to be at 68 and on Instagram, it's been growing even quicker. And on TikTok, we have 70 something thousand. So wow. it's been, it's been important for me to understand my role in the business and what I, and what I do. I, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I'll have to talk deal. to you privately because <laughs> I can't crack the code on fucking Instagram. Like I put up all these fancy pictures yeah. and no one's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you just got to be authentic. You just got to be real. And yeah. like, you just got to like you gotta find your own little niche. Mullet, like, dude. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, we, we do have to rag on you. For what, you. If, <laughs> or you just got to put <laughs> Matt. You got that fucking. You got to put Matt motherfucking tot and you just voice it. That's right. The, no. the porn stash, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, Taylor. Oh, man. That's with, awesome. With taking those steps and bringing the video production in-house now. Obviously, you got a vision and a dream of showcasing all your moments and showing who you guys are. Where do you really see this going down the road as an advantage, uh, like your company versus the next company when you're looking at jobs, bidding jobs, employees? Like, what do you visually see for your company, what this is really going to do for you down the road in the future? So when I close my eyes and I think about this, um, you know, and I'm currently sitting here with my feet up on my desk, laying back thinking, um, you know, what I envision for the company and what I think is massive shop, lots of iron, lots of employees, but still remaining true to the culture that Kenway construction has today. Meaning 
we're still a family oriented company that when we talk and preach about being family based and owned, we don't only fucking just say that on social media, like a lot of other large companies, it's mm-hmm. the main thing you always fucking hear in their videos. Yeah. yeah. You We're know, I feel like it's a family. People. It's a family. Yeah. It's a family. It's a family. You're fucking Fuck fired, off. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've never met the CEO. You never, he sits up in his office all day. He hides. So that's my vision. Grow this fucker into a big company, but remain a true to who I am and what my grandfather started the business in 1968. That's my vision. That's so, awesome. so that's actually a great segue for where I was going to go. Let's kind of re- rewind back in time. You are the third generation in this, in this business. Uh, how did the company kind of grow? What, what did your grandfather accomplish? And then what did your dad come in and accomplish? And then we've kind of got a good feel for where you're at and how you're helping to grow. Yeah. My grandfather, um, so the town that I live in, Carp, was never like it is now. And and that is attributed to a lot of our company's success as well, too, is understanding that the town we live in, it's close to Ottawa. A lot of people are moving from Toronto to here. It's booming. There's a lot of development. And we're acting on that opportunity as well, double-heading it with social media. That's my take. Let's go to 1968. My grandfather, when the land that I'm sitting on right now, there was probably a fucking cow taking a shit right where my desk is. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and what he did was, you know, he worked his fucking ass off, man. He started, he was a farm kid. He saved up enough money to get a track loader and he worked his ass, ass off and provided a life for his family. Uh, my dad has three other siblings and uh, he worked hard. And that, that's what he did. He worked incredibly hard. He died when I was super young. So I can't, I can't go on and speak like, you know, what did he attribute for his success and how did he truly keep going? Because I don't have those answers. Mm-hmm. And he died when I was like six or seven years old, but I know that he was an incredibly hard worker and he was a big part of the community. So I attribute those two things that he was just a good, humble fucking dude that knew how to treat people well. And he worked really fucking hard. Yeah. And my dad, what he did, my dad is a very good businessman. He, he took the business and made it more professional. He made it more corporate. He started making connections with people that had commercial work. And he kind of expanded the commercial side. Um, if you go back to some of our old content, you'll see Kenway Construction 2000. That was actually our biz- running business name because my dad took over in the year 2000. And that's whenever we started doing large commercial projects. And dad started making some, some real good money. I think at one point he had five or six employees, um, still breaking you know, around the $750,000, $800,000 a year mark doing really well. Dad was putting some good money in his pocket as well as his employees. Um, so dad kind of expanded on that commercial front. Um, and again, just working hard, treating people right. But my dad was a businessman and, and he's, a, he's an incredible businessman. He's fucking smart. He's really smart at what he does and, and who he chooses to connect himself with and getting in places. He's, he's really fucking good at that. So when it comes to kind of your late success that's happened here recently, was your dad kind of content with the size of the company and didn't really push hard? Or was it just kind of a set of fluke circumstances that really made this opportunity where you guys are? I mean, like like we talked about earlier, you guys have really blown up over the last two years. What's kind of been the catalyst there? My dad was a smart businessman, but he didn't like chaos. I love chaos. 
Um, he was comfortable and he was a comfortable businessman. My dad yeah. provided an awesome life for me and my sister. Like we grew up great. We grew up fortunate. I grew up privileged. It was seriously, like I'm not, you know, beating around the bush. We had a great upbringing. We White weren't privilege. filthy fucking rich, <laughs> but we weren't poor. Fucking time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, fuck, fuck. But he, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But he, you're talking he, about we, the white we, privilege we, or something we were going down the road of. Yeah, no, I gotta stop that before I get canceled. But he was, he, he was, he was really, he was a, an incredibly hard worker, and he got comfortable at what he was doing, and that's just how he wanted to stay, and that's how a lot of business people think yeah. as well too. You know, they mm-hmm. have two or three employees right now; they can put. 200 grand, 150, $100,000 in their pocket a year. They can feed their family. They don't really necessarily have to worry about bills, but they're not living high on the hog. That's how we lived. And it was good. Um, but I saw the opportunity of like, fuck, you know what? I love chaos. I love running on chaos. So the first big step was hiring an estimator because I remember walking to my dad's office one day and I'm like, dad, what are all these fucking papers sitting here, man? He'd be like, Oh, relax. Those are just people that want, you know, jobs done, but I don't have fucking time to look at those. We got enough work for the rest of the year. And I'm like, holy fuck, dad, what a privilege this is to fucking be able to say no to work. I said, like, I want that fucking work because I was thinking about the other guys down the road that do what we do. And I'm saying, they're just going to fucking go and scoop this up. Absolutely. I want that work. So that's what drove me into going, okay, bringing on my cousin, my family, Brad Foster. And he took on the role of our estimator and he took on that. And that snowballed into now we have two estimators and a project manager and more office admin and more people. That's what kind of snowballed. It was, I wanted the opportunity. I wanted to grow. I love the chaos. Do you think he set those piles off to the side so you could see it? So to see where your brain and what you would do with it would go, you know, God, Probably. I mean, he's a fucking smart yeah, fucker. with it. Is he, yeah. I, honestly, he probably was. Yeah. He that's was a fucking really you. good point. Never His fucking dad that. looked at him and said, yeah. if he don't fucking do anything right. with that pile of money right yeah. there, there's no boy, business see what you're you a test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more my one. dad loves than business. And uh, yeah, man, exactly. A funny story offshoot whenever you said that. I remember driving around when I was like nine years old. Again, all our stories are me driving around doing work stuff with dad. I was driving around and we drove into the yard that we currently have right now. And at the time we had like a little, you know, there's a little pile of dirt there. And I remember I was like nine or 10. And I remember he fucking waxed me on the side of the yard when he goes, Hey, what the fuck do you see in here? And I'm like, what do you mean dad? I said, like dirt. And he goes, he fucking hits me and he looks me and he comes closer to me and he goes, no, you see fucking money. You see fucking money when you look at this dirt. dirt. Absolutely. And, 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 and yes. And, and, and that is what I started with. And that's a big part I forgot about is the topsoil. He embedded it in my head that you can make money fucking selling even dirt, Taylor. If you work hard enough, you can fucking sell dirt and make money. And that's what I started doing as well. When I first started social media, if you go back in all my posts, the first ever posts are me talking about Hey guys, before I was like, I hate watching the videos because it's cringy as fuck, but I'm like, <laughs> hey guys, make sure to call Taylor for all your soil needs. 613-554. Make sure to call. We got the best soil in the city. And I started doing that. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> well, some of the stuff cringy as fuck when I watch it now. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But 
That's what just made all you part of you growing. Are, absolutely. You, and those are the best videos you got to leave up because here in another five or 10 years, you're going to go back and you're like, sweet Jesus, I thought I remembered it being bad, but it's even worse than I remember it. Right. God damn it. <laughs> Need to put that on your <laughs> intro for now on. Just, here's Taylor. <laughs> so oh, how did you guys exactly. kind of get into topsoil? Because I know that was for a long time. That was kind of your baby. Yeah, it still is. It still is. I just, it's gone to the point where I can kind of, it, it runs itself. I've got a good client base. Um, I'm not looking like, I don't want to be the biggest topsoil producer in the world. I want to be like the largest construction company in the world, not yeah. in, not in topsoil. Um, topsoil is great. I love the topsoil business. We make good money doing it. I enjoy doing it. We provide a good quality for people. Um, but for me, in order to get into topsoil, like I want to get into quarries and pits, you know, like I yeah. fucking love that shit. And, yeah. and our and yard is not a pit or money quarry. It it's, yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like, like you have to like vertically, uh, integrate, you know, right. you have to, you have to get into and buy the stuff. If I can control my own products and control my own market more, I can control my own prices more, which means I get more work and make more profit and margins. So Absolutely. if I'm pricing a topsoil job and I'm pricing it against the guy um, that I know has got to buy it from down the road at 1750 a ton, but I know that I can actually probably only sell it for 1450 my, to myself for the job. Well, I know I'm going to get the fucking job and still make money on it. So that's, I like the topsoil because I can control my projects. That's why I want to get into quarry and pits. I can then control larger parking lot jobs, more commercial projects, sell some gravel and sell some aggregates. Now, how easy is it to acquire land near you to get into a spot that has fucking impossible? Yeah. That's where my brain was going. Yeah. You know, where would you have to move to? I just lost a deal. Um, you know, and I'm not going to get into specifics about yeah, it because yeah. it never surfaced and, but um, and I can't really get in specifics about it, but <laughs> there was a quarry. Which, well, please sorry, I, I Taylor, Taylor it, spills but, all. Yeah. See it here live. <laughs> yeah. So there's a private investor. <laughs> so, uh, so we, I ended up coming into a conversation with an old lad who owned one of the largest uh, rock quarry pits in all of the Ottawa Valley. Um, that's the where we kind of live, and it was relatively close to where we are and submitted an offer. It was a, ch a big chunk of money and ended up the day that we were there looking at it with the guy, one of the largest contractors, I guess someone high up saw that we were there, oh. then went on our pitch and quarries websites, found who it's licensed under, called them and offered them a ridiculous amount and we lost it. And that summarizes you how these large companies <laughs> 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 that that summarizes how um these large companies where I live are really controlling yeah. the market for, for well, that's, that's like that here though, trying to get any fucking material around we have to go down to the yeah. city if we want to get it at the right price down by the bridge, bring it back right around here. They're hoarding yeah, it and it's like gold. But then the big boys that are crushing on the freeways and the bigger projects around, they're keeping it all in house to reuse it, sell it back to the state and taxpayers. Yeah. You can't get your fucking hands on it. So yeah. we're looking for constant fucking different material to run yeah. around on. I feel your pain. Yeah. Just and, and that's how it is, man. But it's that's how it is up here, you know, and it fucking sucks because 
I mean, but listen, like, do you fucking blame them? I don't blame them. If no, I had that much fucking all. money to toss around and I own that land, I'd be doing the same fucking no, thing. Fuck it. It's like, business, I, man. That's how sure. you make money. That's how you stay on top. Exactly. Well, the only way I could actually bring my price down, down, you know. And yeah, the only way I could bring my price. I've <laughs> 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 yeah, seen that coming. Uh, the only way I could bring the price down is ship my own trucks, mm-hmm. you know, to get the material yeah. down at a cheaper rate, pay the driver to bring it. And, and spend a fuel and come back. Yeah, versus going right around the corner yeah. buying for two hundred percent markup. Yep. So yeah, yeah so that that's on my list of things I want to do. And hopefully, you know, people will see on social media in the near, you know, next two to three years is kind of controlling the market more and, and maybe finding some property that we can buy um and and have our own pit and quarry. You know, I'd love to have a sand for our septic sand, being able to control that. Fuck, I'm laughing. And rock. Those yes. are the, the two best things. No, going back but it's to, so hard. These big companies, man. Going yeah. back to, you know, being an employee for you guys, like what what do you guys offer that other, you know, equivalent companies in your area, other than just being a, a family owned company and having that, you know, that uh Gosh, camera, camera time. Yes. That's what you get. Camera time. <laughs> you get the camera time, but uh, you know, what do you guys offer that others don't to make it worth them to come over to you guys? So the biggest thing is kind of honestly what you just talked about. I mean, that is the standalone biggest thing is they're actually happy coming to work. Right. Like they're not miserable with their lives coming to work. Mm-hmm. They actually enjoy being there. I mean, now am I going to sit here and say that every fucking day is peaches and cream? No, dude, like that's bullshit. There's, there's days where it fucking sucks. Company morale's down. This guy doesn't, is not getting along with this guy. Maybe I'm in a bad mood and I fucking scream and yell at somebody that I fucking shouldn't have. I'm not saying it's peaches and cream 24 seven, man, but I treat my employees how I want to be fucking treated. And I treat them all fucking very well. Um, and, and, and if I, you guys set up an interviews with them without any prior knowledge and you ask them, what is it really like to work for fucking Taylor and Kenway construction? I guarantee you every single one of them will fucking say, I love it. It's the best fucking place we ever worked. And I well, know that, that sounds is... biased and stupid when I'm saying it, but that is the fucking goddamn truth. Well, yeah. that's a, it's a great way to break it to you that next week's guest is actually one of your employees. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 don't, don't. <laughs> so about that sponsorship. Not, 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 not yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, now Taylor, right now. Now, what what do you actually oh, look oh, for? Right. What do you look for these days in the new generation that's coming up as employees? Because the common phrase that we always walk around in here is like the old guys are just like the fucking new young guys. They don't want to work. They can't hack it. They can't do it. They're not interested in working at all, which Brian and I and Matt find that that's not always the truth necessarily anymore. No. These guys are pretty actively in it, but when they're standing there for the day and no one's giving them any leadership, you know, and someone fucking screens at them, they're they're waiting for direction. So what are you what are you finding now with the new generations coming out into the trades? So what I'm finding is you know, a couple of things actually. So one thing that I found is, is really understanding the type of person that I want to hire and who I want to hire. And luckily our business attracts people that I want to hire. And and I don't, I'm not explaining this properly, but I want to hire the guy who articulates himself very well, who is more of a rural kind of person, uh, farm kids, farm guys, 
um, farm women, farm whatever, just like country people, I guess is the best way to explain it. Mm -hmm. And not saying that we don't, I would never hire a city person. We have city people that work for us fucking right now, but there's a certain breed of person, of people that just understand it. Yeah, there's a certain person that I can just tell and pick out when I, I interview every single person that comes and work for us because I'm a good judge of character. And there's a few things that I know. And if they say, you know, I grew up on a farm or I live, you know, in so-and-so town, I can generally tell, okay, that's somebody I know that, that you're going to hire here and uh, that you're going to work here. But one thing I find, another thing is the loyalty. Loyalty is super hard to find. And I went through a, a problem because again, treat your employees right. You know, I'm constantly um, pulling money out of my own pocket and giving it to my guys, whether it's a long weekend or I'm giving them all 50 bucks each to go get beer for the weekend. Um, I'm giving them all some, you know, just, just money here and there, coffee money on Monday here. here I'll pay for your coffees all this week, guys, take the, take a hundred bucks, spread it amongst yourselves. Um, but then guys that, that abuse that and, don't appreciate the stuff that you do for them. I pick up on that real quick and then they're gone. Loyalty is really hard to find mm -hmm. loyal, loyal people. When I find a really loyal person, I treat them like gold. Um, and that's a really hard find thing to find too, but country people, that's the yeah. best way to say it. Farm guys do. I love hiring country farm guys, farm women, whatever. I love hiring them. Well, they're generally super hard workers. They're super down to earth and they're appreciative as so long as you treat things. them like a person. Yeah. yeah. Then they go home and milk yeah, the fucking cow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I literally have a, my, my co-op student. It's funny you say that. My co-op student, he milks cows every night too. He, he goes, he comes to work at 7 a.m. Uh, he works till five and then he goes and he milks cows until 730 at night. He's got hands, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a good pipe fitter, son. That's right. <laughs> so, he's a great kid. We actually, he's going back to school this year. So shout out Daniel. I'm going to miss that kid, man. He's great. <laughs> well, we'll give him a little homage here on the, on the yeah. podcast talking about his nice, strong hands. <laughs> So <laughs> let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit and kind of get into some meat. Uh, one of the reasons I you really stuck out uh, and I wanted to get you on the podcast is you did your interview with Aaron Witt. And one of the things you kind of, kind of briefly touched on um, was kind of um, mental health in the trades. And that's something that no one likes to talk about in the trades. You're a bitch if you have any mental health problems. What's the matter with you? Well, you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, do you, whatever you're, you're comfortable that's yeah that's right uh whatever you you're comfortable with sharing would you kind of talk on that and and kind of go into that conversation that conversation you had with aaron and kind of what you guys discussed yeah 100 percent. so um obviously as you can tell and maybe like someone listening to this podcast like my my thoughts are very scattered you know like I can kind of ramble and I can talk and I can go from point A to point B because while I'm thinking, I'm thinking of something else and I'm to start up the car. I'm going to talk about my own kind of dealings with stuff and then how we can fix that in the industry. So that's where I'm going with this yeah, um, you're good. is my thoughts, um, you know, generally are very overwhelming for my own brain. Um, and that is both, you know, something that is, is, is a hindrance as well as something that is very good. Um, it's helped me in business, but it's also distracted me a lot in the forms of, 
anxiety because I feel like I'm not doing enough mm-hmm. um, or, or burnout um, because I'm doing too much or depression because I'm upset that I'm, I'm, I'm not doing too much. And when I was talking earlier about Instagram and how I went through a time where, you know, I wasn't growing as much and stuff that's related to like my mental health, because during that time, I didn't feel like I feel like now, like, like right now I know my role in my business and it sounds crazy as a business owner to say this, but there's, there was periods of time in my own head where I would go to work, I'd see the guys and I'd just be running the business. But at the same time going, what the fuck is my role here? Like, what do I do? Like, am I pulling my weight? Does everyone think that I'm pulling my weight? Like, do I just film? Am I just keeping this connection? Like, should I start running a piece of machine? Like, I was wondering what the fuck I should have been doing. And that was causing anxieties and fears and depression. And it's not through reaching out to, to people and getting help um, with professionals and, and talking to people about how to cope with these things and how to use them to your advantage rather than like your disability. Um, so in the industry, it's tough because if I went to my guys in the morning and said, Hey guys, I kind of woke up a little fucking depressed today. Like today's, you know, not a good day for me. They go, yeah, okay. You're a little bitch. (laughs) Um, and that's just how it is in blue collar, you know? And, and that's not anybody's fault. That's not the guys who are thinking that that's just fucking blue collar dude. And at the end of the day, um, maybe I won't skip to that part, but what I'm trying to say is in, in, in blue collar and, and, and what our industry, what we do, it's hard for people to open up and talk because they feel like they would be judged or they feel like it's the wrong thing. When in reality, all of us deal with this stuff day to day, whether it's on a little amount or whether it's on a lot. And normally it's the roughest, toughest fucking dudes um, that are actually the ones that are fucking hurting the most. Absolutely. So that's, that's my thing. Yeah. So I, I, we talked about it a little before the the actual podcast here, but I host a show for Randall Riley called The Dirt, and one of the episodes I actually did uh, was investigating suicide rates in construction, and I had no wow. idea because it's never talked about ever. Uh, the suicide weight in the trades is four times the national average, and. People typically attribute that to long hours, super stressful work environment, and the fact that it's this culture that you just, you don't talk about your mental health. You don't, you don't talk to people. You don't reach out to anyone. You be a man, you suck it up and you quit dealing with your little bitch thoughts. And that's clearly not working. It's four times the fucking national average that, that guys in the trades are killing themselves. And so I think this is one of those things where culturally, I really think it's kind of our generations that are going to have to start making that shift. And the way it's going to start happening is by platforms like this and with guys like yourself, Taylor, that really have a large influence and and um, a large following just kind of being open and honest that, yeah, it's okay to, you, yeah, it's okay to find help. It's, yeah. it's okay to fucking deal with issues and struggle with things. Um, you know, I, I haven't actively sought counseling, but man, over this last year, I've spent, I've spent some really, really long bouts dealing with pretty strong depression. And I've really been on the fence of, of going and talking to people about it. And I think it's, it's even hard 
in the position that I'm in where I recognize the problem, it's even hard talking about that with yeah. people. It's, it's uncomfortable. To, it is. It's right? uncomfortable. You you take your fucking man card away and it's very uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and that's normal. That's normal to feel like that. Like that's the hardest thing. Like what you're saying is it's like you feel like you shouldn't be saying it. Your brain is like, I shouldn't be saying this out loud. Like this is ridiculous. But the problem is you know, in our industry too, there's a lot of like physical stuff that actually takes the toll on this. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're waking up, you're going to work in the dark and then you're coming home and it's in the dark, it's pouring rain outside in the morning. And it's, it's like that morning dark kind of vibe. You work all day. It's great. You come home at night and it's right. And then you're up and then the next morning at, at four thirty, five o'clock and you're going to work dude, blue collar. And what we need to understand is that we're fucking savages. Yeah. Like we work and we do stuff and we build the fucking countries that we live in. And sometimes we don't get the credit that we deserve because we're blue collar and it gets looked down on and people in suits uh, look down on us. And, and we then feel like, fuck yeah, I'm just a blue collar fucking guy. You know, I'm just over here making a dollar for the next guy to make a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the office and it weighs on you. And I'm not saying that's a total thing, but I'm saying there's so many things in blue collar that weigh on the minds of people in blue collar, but yet we're supposed to be the toughest fucking guys and girls out here. Well, I'll tell you another huge factor that we haven't even touched on. uh, How fucking hard is it walking out the door while your daughter's still asleep and getting back when she's already in bed for the night? Yeah, dude. Oh, fuck. It's I brutal, mean, man. That's it right there. Yeah. I, that's the number one reason family. why I start my own company. So I'll be able to that's, take my That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I her for three years of her life. You know, I did on the weekends yep. sometimes, but it was like I missed so much. I, I have that. two boys at home, and when I was working for Dan's, I would, even though we're living in the same house, mm-hmm. I would go three to five days without seeing those boys because they're mm-hmm. in bed when I get home, yeah. and I leave at 4.30 in the morning before they're up. Yep. And that's brutal. That's a whole other aspect of that. Just kind of that, that hard work life that you do as, as a blue collar tradesman is you've got all the other shit you're dealing with. And then on top of that, you don't have the support of your family. No, no, you you're don't. not there. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm looking forward yeah, to tomorrow really morning. snow day for their school. She's coming to work with me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, see, I can't wait for that. Fuck. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Like, so just, cool. Oh man. But it's just oh. a growing pains of a business. So, I mean, you are hiring some of the toughest people that are some of the smartest people into the industry. And it takes a certain individual to look at their family and go, I'm doing this. So we have food by the end of the week and a paycheck and a roof over head. And they walk away. Articulating that. Yeah. Then you sit back and you're like, is this really worth it? Yeah. You're not doing any good. It's the loneliness. It's the loneliness of the industry is, is seriously what it is, you know? And some of the, like, that's what I'm saying, man, about like fucking, uh, you're getting up before everyone else is up in the fucking world. And you're driving to work in the dark and then you're coming home and it's still fucking dark and you're doing that five days a week. And if your boss is making ass on the weekends, it's six to seven days a week. And then you're not seeing your family. And then you get in an argument with your fiance or your wife because you're never home. And they know deep down you're doing it for them and the family but sometimes it's easy for them to forget that that's why you're doing it. And then those cause arguments and then those cause fights. And then you take those fights and arguments to with you to work. Yep. Like that's Absolutely. the biggest shit, you know, that when my guys open up to me at work and I open up to my guys at work too and go, dude, my fucking fiance, she's fucking, we got into it, man, last night, you know, it was a bad night last night. We're arguing. I haven't been present. 
I was on my phone all night because I was dealing with emails and responding to people. And then I was gone up super early before she was even up. Yeah. That's the biggest shit, dude. That's the biggest fucking stuff Mm -hmm. that happens. Well, and that kind of brings up a a point that, uh, one of the things I've talked about multiple times on my channel is one of the things that kind of irks me about the trades is we love to throw around the brotherhood term when it's convenient. Uh, and when we're talking about like, Oh, we all dig in the dirt together. We all get out there and sweat together. It's a brotherhood. But the second it gets difficult where Matt or Rick wants to come talk to me about some shit that they're struggling with, all of a sudden that brotherhood card isn't isn't as, yeah, as flashy as it was. It's like, whoa, what the fuck's the matter no, with go you? Go stand like, a weekend, follow up on a Monday, like, how you doing? I had a rough weekend. Yeah. But they don't talk about yeah. the yeah. issue at hand. But that's ultimately, you know, what you were just kind of talking about, Taylor, like that... That is what the brotherhood is. That's what it should be is, you know, we spend so much time away from our actual families that a lot of times your job site family is your family. And part of that brotherhood is the fact that you can come to work at 630, 7 o'clock in the morning and go, fuck, man, my fiance and I got into it last night. It's not good. I'm really struggling. And that's where the brotherhood picks up and goes, you know what, man, you know, take it easy today. Let's talk through it you know, being there for each other, that's the part of the brotherhood that actually counts. It's not throwing around the flashy term so that you can, you know, think of yourself as being a man in the trades. It's actually being there for each other. That's what counts in the brotherhood. Spot on. Yeah, that was a really good way to summarize that. You're you're a hundred percent right, man. And even just reflecting about, you know, how I think, you know, we are with our team you know, we had a guy, um, his name was Andrew and I shared a bit of his story online, but you know, he was 30 years old. He got diagnosed with uh, kidney failure. He, he went to dialysis and when he, he got hired with us, he goes, listen, I'm a great employee and I'll work my ass off, but I got to go to dialysis at five o'clock every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Is that yeah. cool? And me and my dad said, yeah, Hey, no problem. We respect that. Take and as a team, over the past two years, we have all been on this journey with Andrew and, and his dealings with, with kidney failure. And then he finally got a kidney and, and recovering and recouping for that. And now he's back at work and through the whole fucking process. And that's what makes me so proud of what we've created in our culture at Comic Construction. And again, with the social media and just everything with the business is he was updating us, sending us pictures with thumb, thumbs up from the hospital. And our, we have a work group chat that we all fucking shoot the shit in. That's awesome. And he's sending us updates and he's, and he's letting us know how's it going. And if it wasn't COVID, we would have all went down there and saw the guy or we dri- some of the guys driving to his appointment. And recently, you know, he's had a bit of pain in his kidneys. So he went, he needed to go to the doctor's appointment today. We, we had like four people on our team that offered to drive him. That's and awesome. It's incredible. But that's exactly what you're talking about, man, is understanding when a guy's head's off and one of the other guys' teams come up and say, listen, man, this guy's head's up. been off. I think there's something going on at home. So I walk over to him and we have a conversation about, hey, man, you got shit going on at home. You don't have to let me in on it. But all I want to know is if your head's not in it, you need to get your head into it. You need to talk about it. You need, you can do that. It's okay. And yeah. that's what we need to have more of. Because yeah. not only is it not okay to not talk about it for personally for that guy, but for the safety of everybody else as well. Because if yes. my head's not in it and I'm operating a 30-ton uh, excavator, well, all it takes is one little fucking slip and not now everybody's having a bad fucking day. Yep, yep. absolutely. Well, and the only time that they reach out is like at the last minute breaking late, point sometimes. when it's too late. 
You know, you were just elaborating yeah, the other day about a story. Which one was that? It's your bonfire. It's your bonfire. Oh yeah. He dropped a little acid yeah. since then. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, my brain's Where on cloud nine right now. Yeah. But I'm I mean, about all the issues going on in my are, head. Are you good sharing that story? Uh no. I don't okay. All right. That. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's a regular occurrence of the trade. Well, yeah, yeah. and well, it's it's more of on this circumstance, it's not really his to share, and I think he's being respectful. Yeah, but but at the same time, like it's it's so common that I would good to be there for. Well, I guarantee you, hold space. Almost everyone that's listening to this podcast can probably come up with a story of someone they knew or a friend of a friend who either committed suicide or had severe issues. And never fucking talked about it. Yep. It's just it's a it's a yeah, way more common occurrence than anyone realizes, and it's only because we all think we're being manly men by not talking about mm-hmm. it. Well, there's not enough hours in a day to deal with every problem, right? You can't just be a husband, no. a boyfriend. You can't be the significant other to pick up the kids before and after school, make the lunch, go to work, like you know. And then in this field, you're expected to work 12, 14 hours a day and a good yeah. day. So you miss out on a lot of things and really what everyone else is fighting for is time and your time, you know, whether it's your wife or your kids and you can't give that to them, unfortunately. And then they also feel like now as an employee, they can't walk up to the employer and be like, you know, Hey man, I I have not been to my kid's football game all fall. He's been asking, you know, can I have the weekend off? The attitude used to be like, no, you're fucking fired. If you're not there Saturday, don't come back Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So Such I think you're start. Mentality. I think you're starting to see a little bit of a shift and a change, though, that needs to happen and start understanding that the employees need to have a pedestal too. Well, and and that I is. I hope so. I hope so. And that's another thing that that's this industry for. slowly needs to understand is we need to put more of a priority on family as opposed to only production. And I know from a financial standpoint, when you're looking at the fucking paid sheets, you know that's a hard decision to make, but at the same time you have to, you have to weigh the cost. And if our suicide rate is four times the national average, that's a heavy cost that no one's looking at. And it takes the employers though. That's that's what you're, how you're going to see is guys that have the mindset, like all of us that are talking right now at home businesses and allow these and allow your, your business to actually shape into that and actually act on the stuff that we're talking about and not just talking about this because it, it opens up conversation and it sounds really good to talk about this on a podcast or, or to talk about it now, like go back now on and it. reflect it's, it's on that follow and, through with and action. act on it, dude. Yep. Exactly. And that, and that's what we need to do because it, it's bullshit. If people are just talking about it and these, and just, you know, we, we have this available and we can talk to this person, but you have to actually fucking do something about it. Like yep. that's the biggest thing. And that's how we're only going to change is when the employers understand that these guys and girls, they, they need to be able to feel like they're open and they can talk. And if they don't want to have the resources for them to be able to, and like you said, the family, family is so fucking important. And there's so many times during the summer where I'm talking to my employees and they look, go, listen, man, I need to go take care of this. My daughter, like I'm going to come in today at 10. I can't be there for seven. And I, my responses to them are family first, no problem. You go do that. Yeah. And that's treating people how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about retaining employees 
And what makes us stand out is actually being one of these people that you're talking about and treating my employees like human beings and how I want to be treated. Well, and another aspect of that, that, that again, it's just this, this industry is so slow to understand things. Um, I feel like uh, when you treat your employees that way, where you put family first and you say, look, man, no sweat, we'll cover you. Go to your, go to your kid's ball game. Go enjoy the ball game. What a lot of guys don't understand is that whole loyalty thing that you were saying is so hard to find earlier. Like that's how you build it right there. Because what's going to happen is you get into a project two months later and you're like, fuck, Andrew, I got to have you stay late. I'm sorry, but we've got to get this done. Andrew's going to remember all the shit you guys have done for him. And Andrew's going to be like, fuck yeah, man, I got you. I'll be here. Don't worry about it. Dig in. Yeah. Versus any other guy yeah, that you didn't take. Yeah. Any other guy that you didn't do that for is like, fuck you, man. I'm going home. I was only slated to be here this long. I feel though if you're actually building an inviting platform for employees in a whole, I think you're going to see that the employee is going to react to the employer by being so inviting going, mm-hmm. Hey, look, man, you could really come talk to me. And I don't think just even like this podcast is enough or what he's doing on the social media is going to be enough. Right. But I feel like, as a whole, if we could already recognize the shortage in the labor forces and the way people want to be turned by starting to create these platforms and these group chats, everything else, I believe people will start reaching out to certain individuals going, Hey, you know, who did you talk to? And how did you come mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. With a comfort of, you know, I might be a crossover in California, but I got a relating story to you. Why don't you ship me a message and we could yeah. talk? You know, and start kind of creating that yeah. brotherhood effect, not just Somebody at the employer level. Be in the same position. Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah. I believe that, people yeah, want to be out that, there. That's true. Well, so I, we'll we'll kind of finish out our our little heavy segment here. I will say, if there's anybody listening that's really struggling, even if it's not with actual suicidal thoughts, but if there's anyone actually struggling with depression or anxiety or any of the stuff that that we all deal with uh reach out to someone there it's not a weakness you're not lesser than other people in the industry because you can't handle it Uh, legitimately take care of yourself this is just as important uh, as any other aspect of your health reach out to someone uh and if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts Absolutely. There, there's the suicide prevention hotline. There's so many resources out there for you. Reach out to that instead of trying to work through it yourself. So that being yeah. said, I want to wrap up Very the kind well of, said, that was pretty heavy. <laughs> so I do want to shift yeah, gears yeah. here for you. Uh, you guys, how old's your daughter now? My daughter is turning eight months to February 4th. Ooh, a newbie. Yeah. Congratulations on oh, that, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. My life is uh, completely different, and sleep is completely different, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It yes. is worth every bit of uh, the lack of sleep, let me tell you. My daughter's turning six in March, so it's the most amazing oh, thing in the world. Oh, awesome. So, so has she kind of... There, There's a phase. As, as dad, I always laugh because as dad, you're kind of... You're not a boob, 
for the first part of the life. So your kids are yep. just like, who the fuck are you? You're not what I wanted. Yep. But, but then there's a turning useful. point. Yeah. yeah. There's a turning point that happens. And I can't remember exactly when it is. Has, has your daughter kind of looked up at you and yeah. kind of recognized dad yet? It's the second it goes to formula and the boob goes away. <laughs> your yeah. Seriously. Your sleep. Yeah. It doesn't just, exist anymore. Yeah. Whenever, whenever she stopped, um, whenever it was like a hundred percent on the boob, um, as a dad, I mean, I remember some of my employees again, I mean, sorry, that's kind of related back for our last topic, but I remember some of my guys being like, Hey dude, listen, I have two kids, you know, they're three and four. Like at some point you might feel like you're being useless and you're not actually doing anything. Yep. And like, that makes you kind of feel really shitty. Yep. Like if you want to talk to me, let me know, but just understand <laughs> that that's normal. And yes. full circle. Yep. And Let's I, talk. I, 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 yeah. I had that, um, you know, that experience because again, like I didn't take any time off work. I guess I should have. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what keeps the roof over our heads is my business and I'm a workaholic and I had to do my thing. And she is fortunate enough to where her business it's online and she could still get her stuff done. And the baby, uh, Kara was just on, you know, her boob. And then now it's transitioning into, Oh, okay. We can make normal human food. Well, it's all mushed up. Um, and, and I can feed it to her. Um, and it's changing. You know, she started to wave at us this weekend Um, and you know, she's trying to crawl. She got her two front teeth and her two bottom teeth now. So now, you know, and it's funny you ask that because it's just the past two or three days that I've been really noticing, like playing games with her. Like I was eating dinner on our island the other day and I kept turning around every five seconds and looking at her real quick. And she go, they kind of smirk at me and laugh and look away. And I'm like, oh fuck, like you're understanding that I'm playing a fucking game with you right now. Like Uh, that's cool. Watching the lights turn on is the most incredible experience. It's just like holy shit. Yeah. There is a there is a real person in there, or like they or they're just fucking looking at you, wondering why you took over the tit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you kicked me off, Dad. <laughs> I had to try it. Come on, but, but that's but that's you know to relate and to summarize right there, my daughter. That's why we fucking all do what we're doing right now. A hundred percent. That's why it's family. It's for family. I love my family. I love my extended family. My favorite people to hang out with is my family, both on both sides of my fiance or mine. That's why I get up every day and do what I do for my baby girl and for my fiance and for my family. And that's why we all do what we're doing. Well, keep it up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't, I don't know that I have a whole lot left to talk about. Is there so, any other topics? You, I got just a oh, Rick's question. coming up, Taylor. So obviously, trying to get people into the trades is like a dime a dozen right now. If somebody was on the fence yeah. right now about getting into the trades, what advice would you give them about attempting the trades? Show up and. So getting into the trades right now, being starting out as a laborer probably would be super easy for you to get a job, literally just walk in anywhere and get it. But let's say it was how it was when I went, when I moved out West, when I moved out West, it was really hard to get a job in the oil field um, because everybody was just out there already working. And I showed up every fucking day to the place that I wanted to work. And my, my, my boss's name at the time, his name was Cam. 
And I wasn't working for him at the time. I was trying to get a job there. And I showed up every day with a, a double-double because the first day I went for my interview, I saw that he was drinking a double-double. And I showed up there every day for a week and a half. And finally, at the end of a week and a half, he called me said, okay, come today, bring the coffee again, but you're going to stay because I'm going to give you a fucking job out of persistence. Okay. And I, okay, perfect. And I got that job. So being persistent and working really hard are mm-hmm. two things that are invaluable to being successful, regardless if it's in construction or not. Being successful, it's for someone to come into my business. Let's say, you know, a kid walked in off the street tomorrow and he goes, I want to work here and then I want to climb the ladder. My only single advice to him would be, I need to be able to trust you. You need to be loyal and you need to work hard. Those three things I tell all my guys, you want to succeed. You do all those fucking three things and I will give you the fucking world. And in three years, you've been making a hundred grand driving a brand new fucking pickup truck. Nice. By the way, I just want to say, out of, all of the, out of all the things you've said tonight, the double-double was the most Canadian. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, it was, man, Fuck. that was... You guys don't call them that. That was lip-biting good, baby. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. I was, in, I was in Michigan. I was in Michigan about to... That's the one you guys crossed over to Sault Ste. Marie, correct? Yep. Yeah, okay. So I was coming back from the oil field. Um, with my dad and my, I had an old GMC pickup at the time and I had a 24 inch piece of fucking Alberta pipeline strapped in the back, baby. <laughs> and I drove that fucker all the way through to the fucking Dakotas. And, and anyway, so we were coming up through Michigan and we were about to hit fucking Canada. And I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts or a McDonald's or something. And I said, I'll get a large double double. And the girl's like, what, what the fuck? And I'm like, she you didn't make double. She didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. She didn't know what the fuck it was. So yeah, no, I know that I sound stupid thing when I say double double, but I dude, get a double doubles every morning. Not, so. not only they collar. fucking bring their trash over here, they bring their fucking coffee over here That's to right. Michigan. I, I That's right. love me some Tim Hortons. I, well, so for, for people, because this is, this is bigger than just in Michigan yeah. or in Canada for people who are listening and don't have a fucking clue what we're talking about. One of the most popular yeah. coffee chains that's from Canada. They've kind of wandered down into the north. So we've got them here in Michigan is Tim Hortons. And one of their drinks is the double double. And it's what is it? It's double cream, double sugar, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Canadian. Yeah. It we've, got a, two, we've got two, a coffee. Two, two cream, two, yeah. Two cream, two sugar. And that's basically like the blue collar special yeah. is stopping at the gas station in the morning, grabbing a pack of cigarettes and getting a large double double. That's the breakfast of champions that we call it here in Canada. Amen to that. <laughs> that was just, man, when you said that, it was just like, man, we're, we're like full on Canadian now. Dude. This is excellent. Well, <laughs> you want to hear, you want to hear an even bigger one is the Wayne Gretzky. It's a nine by nine. <laughs> what is Holy a nine fuck. by nine? So there's a shot of coffee and the rest is cream and sugar. <laughs> Dude, you order, go to Timmy's and order a Wayne Gretzky here in Canada and you're fucking good to go. Oh, you know man. what? Just for shits and giggles tomorrow, we're going to go I'm gonna order a Wayne Gretzky in the noon. We're going to hear out the fucking speaker, sir. Uh, what the fuck are you trying yeah. to get here? Well, either that or he gets it right, and then I'm jittering like a crack yeah. addict the whole time I'm trying to operate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. We Canadians, we love our Timmy's, dude. We call them fucking, uh, well, I mean, I have three of my guys drink triple triples every morning. Do you guys call them triple triples too? Three cream, three sugar? No. I just say three and yeah. one. 
That's mine. Now we call it black. And then a four, four by four, like a pickup truck. We call them four by fours, four cream, four sugar. <laughs> I'm going to change like it up. I'm going to start doing it tomorrow. Game. <laughs> this is yeah, I, I don't drink coffee anymore. I actually quit drinking coffee. I drink fucking tea now. So I'm on tea. All right. so what, ki- <laughs> what kind of tea? Double, double. I'm currently drinking a, Dave, a, da- a David's tea and it's forever nuts. Forever nuts. <laughs> Boy, I wish yeah, I had sound effects my sound effect slider pulled up. Oh, man. That's, that's fitting for the guests. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, it's been a pleasure, but we're going to wrap it up with uh, the last question. The, of the Totten night. question. So if you could do anything, change anything in life, what would you be your dream job? Holy fuck. Mind blown. Okay, but like if if I could change anything and do one dream job, you, whatever no, the fuck you want to say, I wouldn't. Wait, what? What was that? What did you just say? No, for, so like, is it is it corny to say that I wouldn't like? No, I, you, like, no, you what I'm doing right now. You'd be, you'd be retired. No, <laughs> he like he likes to spy. He's in right now. So you are living saying. your dream yeah, right now. So you are doing your I'm dream job. I'm living my dream, dude. That's Dude, that's awesome. I'm, yes, I, that's like the most boring answer. I'm going to judge you. That's the most boring answer. Come on, that's like cheating. <laughs> okay, so okay, so let's say okay, so then let let's cut out stuff. Then okay, fuck off, and let's say that construction is not in my blood and anything. Yeah, um, I would Here we go. like a fucking a, a a movie star or a fucking artist or something in the spotlight. All That's right. what I would like With to that do. mustache. Or 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 an off grid <laughs> fucking person. Or someone who lives off grid and has a big ass fucking beard and lives off solar panels and gets their water from a creek. Yeah, I'm down to do that. We're getting somewhere. That's yeah. what we're going for, Hell Taylor. Yeah. That's the fucking answer. We just had to pry great. it out of you. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd want to do. Well, Taylor, thanks for being on, man. This has yeah. been a, this has been an absolute blast. We appreciate it. Yeah, Thank it's you. been a pleasure. I appreciate it, guys. It's been good. Thanks for having me on. It was good talking to everybody. And, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation. And hopefully some people get some some good info out of this. And especially some of the topics that we covered. It's stuff that, you know, it's important to myself. And I know it's important to you guys. And I'm glad we got to openly talk about it. Hell yeah, brother. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, if you do us a favor, if you're listening on an Apple product, run over, give us a review, give us a rating. That really helps us out. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Sweat and Grind. Thanks, guys. Later. Later.